Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Coming up on The Science Revolution, how America let humanity down in the climate talks. Jesse Hirsch from the new food economy is here. Is high-risk romaine the new normal? In geeky science, there's a new toad in town. And the Environmental Defense Fund, the U.S. Forest Service, and radical right-wing pastor Kevin Swanson show up in the good, the bad, and the very, very ugly. Just remarkable stuff coming out of the EU and the climate talks. First of all, the climate talks in Madrid essentially fell apart. And they fell in part, in large part, because the United States, Australia, and Saudi Arabia said, we're not going to play. Saudi Arabia, of course, produces massive amounts of oil. It's the basis of their entire economy. The political system of Australia, since Rupert Murdoch bought more than half of all the media, all the newspapers in the country, and has been heavily influenced by a woman who is the richest person in Saudi Arabia and a coal baron, Saudi Arabia's politics have flipped. Also, Brazil, Jair Bolsonaro, who's burning down the Amazon, said no. These countries, Brazil, Australia, Saudi Arabia, and then the U.S. just saying, we're not even going to talk to y'all. But the other three countries defending loopholes and opposing commitments to uh, climate action, a true disaster. Meanwhile, over at the European Union, they have rolled out their version of a Green New Deal. And this is a really big deal the uh, EU's Green New Deal. It, it just came out, this is from the European Commission, the President Ursula von der Leyen. Number one, it calls for Europe to be climate neutral by 2050, which ain't that far down the road. To get there, they're saying that by 2030, there will be a 50% cut in greenhouse gas emissions, maybe as much as 55% to replace the current objective for 2030, which is a 40% cut. They raised that to 55%. Uh, secondly, they're calling for smart sector integration, bringing together electricity, gas, and heating sectors all into one system. And they want to feed a lot of it with offshore wind, which is very, very powerful. So that's number one. Number two, what, what they call a circular economy. For example, Making steel is something that traditionally uses enormous amounts of coal. They're proposing replacing that coal with hydrogen. Where do you get the hydrogen? You get it from offshore wind farms that generate electricity from the wind and then use that to split water into hydrogen and oxygen atoms. Number three, building renovation. They want to triple the renovation rate for buildings all across Europe. Number four, zero pollution by 2050. In the air, in the soil, and in the water. A toxic-free environment by 2050. Number five, ecosystems and biodiversity. This is to tackle water and soil pollution, as well as a new forest strategy to bring back life in Europe. Number six, 
the farm to fork strategy. They want green and healthier agriculture. They want to, in particular, reduce the use of chemical pesticides, fertilizers, and antibiotics in animal agriculture. They've largely done that. Denmark, for example, now they grow hogs with absolutely no antibiotics. And they're doing just fine. If they can do it, anybody can do it. With regard to transportation, they want to deploy one million public charging points across Europe by the year 2025. With regard to money, they've got this leave no one behind proposal for a transition mechanism to fossil fuels. Many of the savings that they will see, they are going to give back to people as cash. With regard to R&D and innovation, they want 35% of the European Union's research funding now to be set aside for climate-friendly technologies. And then number 10, external relations. They want to reach out to countries all around the world and, and have them participate. Now, this is not a political party proposing this, like here in the United States where the Democrats are talking. In fact, a fragment of a political party. The progressive Democrats are talking about a Green New Deal led by Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. This is the European Union itself. This is the European Commission, and it was presented by the president, Ursula von der Leyen. So there it is. Amazing stuff. Sponsoring the interview this week is New Leaf Natural CBD Oil. Boy, with all this impeachment stuff and Trump treason flying around, you know... I have been doubling my CBD oil dose. I love CBD oil. It doesn't get you high, it, but it, and it's non-toxic, but it's a potent pain reliever and anti, or it has potent pain relieving and anti-inflammatory properties. I think is the proper way to say that. And the brand I trust the most is New Leaf Naturals. NU Leaf Naturals CBD oil is the highest quality CBD oil on the market. It's 100% organic, highly concentrated, has no additional additives, grown in the USA, and the only ingredient is hemp, so the product remains in its most pure and simple form. Go to newleafnaturals.com, that's NUleafnaturals.com, and save 30% off and get free shipping in the U.S. when you use the code TOM, it's spelled T-H-O-M. Go to NULeafnaturals.com. For premium cannabinoid wellness, there's only one place, NULeafnaturals.com. That's NULeafnaturals.com. That's NULeafnaturals.com. Code TOM. It's spelled T-H-O-M. NULeafnaturals.com. Jesse Hirsch is on the line with us. He's the managing editor of the New Food Economy. Newfoodeconomy.org is the website. Uh, You can tweet him at uh, Jesse underscore Hirsch, H-I-R-S-C-H. Jesse, welcome to the program. Hi, Tom. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining us. So is high-risk romaine simply the new normal, and is it exclusively romaine? Um, it's really feeling that way. I wouldn't say that it's exclusively romaine. I'm not sure if you saw that there was a new outbreak announced. No, um, I, I missed that. <laughs> it seems that there's a new one announced just about every week, so it's, it's understandable that people get a little confused and mix them up. But this is a new distinct one in chopped lettuce salad mixes. There have been eight people reported sick and three were hospitalized, which is a very high rate for E. coli. One thing is that these outbreaks seem to be getting more and more virulent, like more people are suffering from kidney kidney damage and actually being checked into the hospitals than was previously. But one thing is definitely certain is that it, does, it seems that it's a problem that's not able to be managed effectively at this point. So let's get back to or get down to fundamental causes here. First of all, sure. what is E. coli and how does it get on romaine lettuce or other food products? And and or and, and and also why is this particular form of E. coli so virulent that it that it can damage people's kidneys to the point that some of these people end up having to be on dialysis for the rest of their lives? Those are all really good questions. The first thing is E. coli starts with uh, animals and specifically 
specifically in the digestive tract of humans or animals. It's a normal so gut bacteria. It's a normal gut bacteria, exactly. And some, and sometimes, I mean, different different strains of it do not affect us at all. We can we consume E. coli on a daily basis that does not make us very sick. But these particular dangerous strains that are popping up on E. coli, and it has been spinach in the past. There have been other leafy greens that were affected by it. But it, romaine, which is the most popular lettuce, seems to get more than the lion's share of, of when these outbreaks happen. And it typically started at a farm nearby, the, a livestock farm near wherever the romaine is being grown. And somehow it's been transmitted through the water supply. Oh, interesting. So this is the result of uh, industrialized animal agriculture. Yes, it's true. It's true. I, I see a lot of people kind of surmise that maybe it's workers that are not washing their hands and things like that. But but typically it is kind of a, a the pairing of in two different types of industrial agriculture, livestock agriculture and uh, the growing of leafy greens. And what's so dangerous about the way that we grow livestock I'm not sure grow is even the right word. We're talking about animals, mammals that have limbic brains just like ours. The mm-hmm. thing that's so dangerous about this is that uh, we feed them massive amounts of antibiotics. And so this normal gut bacteria, as it mutates, it mutates in ways that make it not only more pathogenic, but also more antibiotic resistant. Is that the, 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 one of the problems that we're seeing in this contaminated romaine? That's certainly the speculation. Nobody really wants to go out on a limb and say, you know, that this is the exact reason why it's more dangerous than it was 10 years ago. I mean, when the, the first time that we really saw a leafy green outbreak of E. coli was in 2006, and it was spinach, and that was pretty bad as well. I mean, 200 people went to the hospital. There was a, there were a lot of sicknesses, and there was a death, I believe. So it's not that this has not been dangerous, but it does seem like it's happening more frequently and more consistently. The harms have been, have been worse. Now, romaine is, I mean, you just look at it, it's the stuff that they make Caesar salads out of, if people yep. don't know what we're talking about. And, yep, yep. and uh, most famously, Caesar salads, but it's all over the place. Mm-hmm. And romaine is all kind of squiggly and, you know, it's, it's uh, I, I, I'm lacking a word for it. but <laughs> It's got lots of nooks and crannies and crevices. Yeah, and a lot of texture to the it. bacteria is, is swirl it, away inside. Yeah. Is that the problem? I mean, is it that, the, that it's hard to wash, yeah. basically? That is one of the problems is that it's hard to wash because it actually gets inside the fibers of the, of the romaine lettuce. Um, so you mm-hmm. can't extract that from a normal wash. And beyond that, if you were cooking meat that had E. coli, there is a temperature that you could cook it to that would kill the bacteria. Romaine is typically consumed raw. So that right there is just an easy reason why it would be more dangerous. Right. What should people do if they're concerned about this, if they don't want to you know, take the risk <laughs> of ending up on dialysis for the rest of their lives? I mean, you could make the bold, bold recommendation that maybe try some different kinds of uh, greens, ones that you could cook or that, you know, have, have less risk. But barring that, I mean, if you stay up to date on the CDC and the FDA websites, they post information pretty regularly about specifically which romaine. I mean, right now, the E. coli outbreak in romaine is specifically from Salinas, California grown. So if you look at the package and you have that information when you go to the supermarket, you can know, okay, if it wasn't grown in Salinas, maybe it's safe. But but wait, uh, is I mean, it that, possible that's, that's, a, that's a high expectation for consumers to, to have all that information and to go to a restaurant and say, where did you get your, your romaine from? Right. Yeah. In particular, in a restaurant, I mean, there's an Ethiopian restaurant here in town that Louise and I eat at every week. And and they always put a little salad on there and it's romaine. And I, I noticed yeah. this last week, you know, last weekend, having read your your article and I'm like, whoa, I'm not sure I'm going to eat that. Yeah. And, and, and the CDC makes makes an official recommendation that you should ask your server, where was your what is the romaine in this and where was it grown? And right. I mean, that, that's a that's a lot for the consumer to remember. And it's a lot for the, the server and the restaurant to have that. information. Are there multiple steps in the distribution chain where, you know, Romaine grown in Salinas might end up being processed in Bakersfield yeah. or, or being packaged in Las Vegas and into little plastic baggies for us to buy in the store. And we just don't even know that it actually started in Salinas. 
Yeah, that's a, that's absolutely a good point. I, I was at Consumer Reports before I worked at New Food Economy, uh, and I was working there when they had last year. If you remember, there was just like outbreak after outbreak, and continue, you know, more and more people getting sick. And as it got bigger and bigger and bigger, that's what they kind of figured out is there was so much commingling. You know, if you if you are a company that makes bags of salads, then when you take in the, the romaine that's been tainted by E. coli and mix it in with a bunch of other lettuce, the problem has gotten exponentially bigger and more difficult to track and trace. So at my local store, there's a New Seasons nearby, there's a Whole Foods nearby. We, Louise and I frequently shop at both of them. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they'll have raw romaine. I mean, not it's not bagged. It's, it's just like, right. here it is. And it's labeled mm-hmm. organic. And I always yeah. assumed that was probably coming from a local source, probably even a greenhouse, given that Oregon doesn't have a 12-month sure. growing season. What do I do? I mean, should I ask the store? Is it, where, I mean, yeah, where'd I'm, your romaine come from? I'm, if, if you if you really want that romaine, then it might be worth asking the store. I yeah, do I know that romaine. when I was when, when when I was talking to it to um, members of the industry about this, mm-hmm. they they have been taking efforts because it's no good for their bottom line either. I mean, they don't yeah. they don't want in your mind to romaine to be associated with sickness. I mean, it just doesn't it work for them and their bottom line. So they've been taking a lot of proactive steps. And one thing that's big that they that they were saying is that supermarkets should, and I don't know how much this is actually happening, be posting a lot more useful information to consumers. I mean, when you went to the Whole Foods near your house, was, were there any signs up? Did anything give you any indication of where that... You know, it's been a, it's been a month since I was there. I don't, yeah. I don't know. So. Yeah, I mean they're, they're they're trying to do that more, but it is a lot to remember. Greenhouse grown romaine does seem to be significantly safer. I've seen a lot less of uh, outbreaks that are that come down to that, and that you know it's the way that it's grown really. Yeah. Well, you know, for for people like me who are vegans, it's like you know you want to eat a lot of green stuff, right? It's like yeah. it's really good and it's really healthy. But anyhow, Jeff, Jesse Hirsch, the managing editor at New Food Economy, newfoodeconomy.org is the website. Jesse, thanks for dropping by. All right. Thanks so much, Tom. Great talking with you today. And important stuff. In geeky science, there's a new toad in town. Perhaps you've heard of toad venom, a bodily fluid from the Sonoran Desert toad. This secretion contains bufotonin, a psychoactive substance that's similar to DMT. Apparently, Brooklyn's hipster set is into it, with the New York Post recently calling it the hottest new psychedelic drug among trendy New Yorkers. This new toad venom comes from the Amazonian tree frog and is known as sapo, which is Spanish for toad. It doesn't get you high in the traditional sense, but it reportedly has some profound mental and physical effects. Journalist Valerie Vandepan, who has experienced a guided sapo session, said, Generally, it's an extremely physical experience and can be intense. She added, You may cry intensely. Afterward, you may feel profound relief, and you may find some emotional, spiritual, physical, and other kinds of issues or blockages in your life have been alleviated, end quote. We know about Sapo because of ethnobotanist and social anthropologist Peter Gorman. Gorman has been traveling to the Peruvian Amazon for decades, where he's lived and raised a family, diving deep into indigenous cultures in the regions and healing medicines. If you've heard of ayahuasca, you can thank Gorman for that, too. Gorman's life work is covered in a new documentary, More Joy, Less Pain. The documentary delves deeply into Sapo and ayahuasca and takes an informed look at the cultures, traditions, and practices of the Amazon. It's the good, the bad, and the very, very ugly 
The good, the Environmental Defense Fund for helping to hold companies accountable for their methane pollution. Many of these problems can be fixed and the repairs often pay for themselves because they help reduce the amount of gas that's wasted. The International Energy Agency reports that companies can eliminate almost half their methane pollution at no net cost. But Krupp says, by and large, companies have not taken adequate action. You have to monitor this, Krupp said, Krupp of the IEA. The industry so far has not been monitoring for this pollution. So the EDF partnered with an aerospace company to build a satellite that will locate and monitor leaks. Krupp says companies will know where the problems are and the public can hold them responsible. Good on you, Environmental Defense Fund. The bad. The U.S. Forest Service for allowing a Canadian mining company, Midas Gold, to write their own environmental report. According to the AP, the Trump administration let this company write its own report on how proposed mines in Idaho would affect protected species. Before Midas Gold started their intense lobbying efforts, which included meetings with top officials at the Department of Agriculture, the Forest Service had rejected Midas's request to be involved in the drafting process because their mines would likely harm fish. And that's bad. And the very, very ugly, radical right-wing pastor Kevin Swanson for declaring on his radio program that Time Magazine's decision to name climate change activist Greta Thunberg as 2019's Person of the Year is a sign of the unraveling of the Western world. He then added, On the one hand, we want to be compassionate with Greta. I truly believe that Greta needs Jesus, and short of her coming to Christ, I don't know what's going to happen to this young lady. It's sad to see her in the condition that she is in. End quote. That is very, very ugly. Our science fact of the week, 145,812,035 tons of antibiotics will be fed to livestock this year. 80% of all antibiotics used in the United States are fed to animals. Antibiotics have become routine to increase the weight of the animals and thereby the profit. Also, they're being used to compensate for the poor conditions farm animals are forced to live in. Why not give them better conditions of living? This is dangerous to all of us, and it also increases the probability of antibiotic-resistant infections coming out. That's it for today's Science Revolution, and remember, change begins with you. Tag, you're it.